1: Welcome to They Talk, a
0: good game
1: for another wonderful week. My name's Lockie, and uh, before I introduce Harvey, just letting you know, due to circumstances that affect our life outside of this podcast, because believe it or not, this podcast, I wish it was, but it is not our whole life. Uh, We're back over Zoom, uh, uh, just making it work, making sure we get a podcast to you each and every week, even if it is a day late. Now I'll introduce him. Here he is. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr... Harvey Billingham.
2: Oh, thank you very much. It was a very warm welcome. Getting all the caveats out of the way, letting the public know what's up. But we're here with chatting footy. Uh, That's the most important thing. And there's a bit of stuff to talk about on the field, off the field, and finals is only about a month away. That's right. Hopefully,
1: hoping that as we get to the actual finals, we'll be back in the room together and able to properly, you know, break down footy. Neither of us have COVID, by the way. If you think that we're just sort of saying vague stuff, it's not because of that. Other work, work life things, all those sorts of things (laughs) got to be done. But uh, yes, lots of things to talk about this week, Harvey. Uh, there There was, in my opinion, I think there was one major positive talking point and one major negative talking point. We know exactly what the negative one was. It was an NRL head coach bagging out a player for something that happened when that player was 11. Uh, you yes. love to see it. How good's the NRL? You never know uh, what's going to happen week to week. Well, that's right.
2: And I think it's quite clear that some people know how to hold a grudge. <laughs>
1: um. Oh, yeah. Ricky Stewart definitely, I think before this, I think we knew that he was the sort of guy who who knows how to hold a grudge. <laughs> Yeah,
2: and it's not a good look. It's not a good look for him. It's not a good look for the game. Um, No. The consequences and the fallout from it, I think, can be debated. But he definitely overstepped the mark. Um, It's uncalled for. And remember, it's just a game, guys. It's just a game of footy. They're just trying their
1: best. It's just a game (laughs) of footy. And yes, maybe he did intentionally kick your player in the nuts. But, you know, there's... All sorts of crazy things that go on on a footy field. Uh, and maybe
2: it's it's right. And and in the you know Ricky's been around the game a long time. He's been to the game when the biff was around and punches were thrown. And if someone had a go and had a pop and punched one of my players, I'd say a lot firmer things than if they accidentally slash intentionally kicked them when they were on the ground.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think there's worse things that Salmon could have done to warrant such a a a spray but uh I, you know i think it was actually yeah it was fairly fairly minor i think that actually ricky was you know he's yeah he's he's been known to let his frustrations about the result of the match and how his team is doing he's been known to let that out a little bit uh and yeah. i think that was a case of this this time it just people can forgive him if he's going to target like a referee but i think when you target a young kid who's only played a handful of NRL matches, uh, then then obviously I think I'm going to side with the young player on that yeah, one. Yeah, I think,
2: yeah, it's definitely crossing a line. But he, <laughs> yeah, obviously the frustrations of the, the result um, played a part there and they're still in the mix for that top eight. It's, it's a very tight run race yeah. at the moment. They're just two points behind the roosters and, um, it seems like it's probably Roosters and Raiders battling it out for that last top eight spot. Yeah. Rabbitos and Broncos, if they struggle to put together any wins in the last month or so, might fall out. Oh, well, um, I think I think
1: Roosters are actually, you know, bad news for Raiders and, and, and Manley. I think that Roosters are hitting their hitting the best form of their season so far right now. I think we saw that against yeah. the Broncos and it'll be a very interesting match this weekend against the cowboys uh it's it's yeah it's a team that cowboys sitting comfortably second but sort of going for any chance they can get it at the minor premiership roosters fighting for their season uh and in red hot form i think that's that's match of the week if i'm going for a match of the week this yeah, this round huge
2: clash huge clash um I was at the man the game on Friday night up against Parramatta. Oh, wow! On the ground, Um, and unfortunately, I think it was the end of our finals charge. I don't think our it's going to be tough for our season to to get back on track from here. Um, It's two losses in a row. Parramatta, obviously one of the sides in that top eight. Yeah, and
1: well, Eels, Eels off the back of that win, I think, and off the back of that performance. Kicking off their charge towards the top four, you yeah. Know, the for storm, sure. storm, who are missing a lot of players, um, just holding on by a thread to that top four spot. And the eels are eels are knocking. And if the eels want any sort of shot at, at you know being genuine contenders this year, you, I think you've got to be in that top four. I think it's a pretty impossible competition to win from outside of it. Um, and so I think yeah, it's it's a pretty huge coming. Uh, few few rounds for the eels
2: completely uh, yeah for, for both of those sides i think they're both two teams that their premiership window is open but it's closing at the moment at the mm. end of this season they're both losing a lot of players um storm and eels both seem to obviously the storm have been up there as premiership contenders for a number of years eels have had a squad that's been able to challenge. But if they're going to miss the top four, they're not going to be there this year. And with the turnover they've got over the summer, um, there's question marks whether they'll be the same side next year. So they really need to capitalise on this chance. But for this point in the year, with only, what is it, four rounds to go, there's a lot of things still to play for. Unfortunately, the minor premiership is still up for, um, is sort of decided unless Panthers sort of, Lose the rest of their games. But the top four, plenty of fight there. The top eight, I mean, the Roosters, yeah, are probably the favorites to hold on to that spot, but it's still undecided. And even the wooden spoon. Oh, yeah. Tigers and Titans, two points in it. Nobody knows which way that's going
1: to go. No, no, it's uh, it's exciting. It wouldn't no matter which way you look at the ladder. I think, yeah, the only teams that it's those mid, those mid-bottom eight teams that I think have the least to play for at the moment. The the knights, the bulldogs, uh, you know, even the dragons. Sort of, I, you know, for them, I guess it's more about instilling faith in the organization heading into next year. Uh, which I think the Bulldogs are doing quite well. I think the Dragons show glimpses of it. And I think the Knights, uh, uh, you know, they had a win against the Tigers on the weekend, but come on, anyone can beat the Tigers. I I, I wouldn't say it's exactly instilling faith in uh, a lot of the sort of off field stuff that's been happening at the Knights. And I'm, I'm trying to think of who the Knights have signed for next year. They've really they they've taken their time in this whole replacing Mitchell Pearce, Connor Watson scenario because yeah they've put all their eggs in the Kalen Ponga basket. And I think what Origin showed and what is just a general fact about rugby league is that you can have the best fullback in the world, but like if, without 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 a, at least a halfback steering your side around, your fullback is rendered pretty useless because. Who are they? Who are they catching the ball off? Who? What, yeah, who's sure. giving it to them? You know what I mean. In what position yeah. are they? Are they receiving the footy?
2: I totally agree, and I just think that maybe they were hoping Milford was going to hang around and become that player for them.
1: Yeah, well, not
2: not the case. No, um, but, off to the Dolphins, and is he is he that type of a replacement? That game managing no. half anyway. Not really. Not he hasn't played his best footy in that position. Um, no,
1: well, I think Milford's best footy has still come when he was a fullback for the Raiders. I mean, I think maybe, maybe, maybe at five eight that one year with the Broncos. But still, yeah. he's he's a flare, he's a flare player. He's not, <laughs> yeah. you know. And if you've got Ponga and you've got Milford, and then Milford's gone anyway, I yeah, I just don't know what the upside is for the Knights. And honestly, if I'm the Knights, I'm actually throwing everything at Luke Brooks. That's what I'm doing. And it's not because I'm, I'm not saying that because I'm a Tigers fan who wants to get rid of him. Mm -hmm. I actually think that that would work out for the Tigers, for the Knights, and for Luke Brooks. It would give him a chance to have, you know, a team that's properly his own that doesn't have the, the kind of, the toxicity surrounded with his tenure at the Tigers. And, it's better than anything the Knights have got at the moment. So, so.
2: (laughs) I I agree. I, I I think, yeah, obviously that's the sort of clearest pathway for Brooks to get out of the Tigers. They are the side that needs strengthening in that halves position. I think Braley's come back now. He was injured at the start of the season, which obviously damaged a lot of their hopes given the impact he has from dummy half and strengthens their spine. But still, those core half spots, are yeah, they're Absolutely. weak at the night at the moment, which is problematic
1: an exception to the rule that I just said about fullbacks uh you know not being able to do it all on their own is Cameron Munster because on the weekend the the now the the, the fullback turned 5'8 went back Mm. to his old position of fullback I think it was a bold and brilliant move from Craig Bellamy to you know you've got not got Pappenhausen there you've no longer got a replacement like Nico Hines you might yeah give Give Munster, they, I think they've got better 5-8 replacements than they do fullback replacements. So I think it made so much sense and it, not something that I was even really considering or thinking about until they did it the other night. And I think it was a fantastic move. Munster scored a hat-trick. He, I think that, that's the big positive of the weekend I was talking about that I think yeah, for sure. Ricky Stewart uh, overshadowed with his comments about Salmon. <laughs> but I'm going to give Munster his his credit. Do we yeah. keep? Do, do the Storm keep him there for the rest of the season?
2: I think they're certainly tempted to, based on that performance. I mean, it, it shows Bellamy hasn't lost anything. He still knows what's up, and he still knows how to get the best out of his team. I think yeah. there were a few question marks raised through the middle of the year when they were struggling with injuries and struggling with a bit of form to be as dominant through the regular season as we've known them to be. But, I mean, they were playing the Titans, to be fair.
1: But That's true. And this week against it, is it, Penrith is a very different story. And Very different. Going in, they've named Munster at six and they've named Meany at one. And it makes sense in this occasion because Jerome Hughes is going to be out. So they've got Cooper-Johns, young half in there. You Mm -hmm. wouldn't want to have Meany and Johns steering your side around. So I think having Munster back in that halves position is fair. But honestly, the approach of taking it week to week and literally basing where you put Munster at based on your opposition, I think is clever. And it's the way that Storm have to operate. 100% 100%
2: and I'm I'm still amazed that they haven't tied him up long term Um, I know they've prioritized other players and Hughes Grant Pappenhausen are all signed long-term deals I still think he's going to be the biggest loss for them if he moves on he really is the Storms leader and, and they're the most important cog in the storm machine at the moment
1: I think it's gone on I don't know I think this contract thing with Munster's gone on long enough that I think he'll stay I think even if it is at a reduced rate I think he's he's also kind of running out of options because the Dolphins need to sort of finalize their squad he can you know leave it till the off season all he wants but I think that it'll sort of be too late for him to get the but, deal he might be looking for.
2: No, I, I don't think he's going to go anywhere next year. Yeah. It's a it's, so it's year beyond, after. Mm. And so I think the dolphins will very easily have space for yeah,
1: him. Yeah. Right, that's after. fair. That's I think
2: fair. they might, you know, I, I'm not sure how long they've signed Milford up for, but you never I think know. One of their deals are on the shorter term. And if, yeah, there'll be plenty of suitors for him, even if it's Brisbane, you know,
1: mm. Things to consider. But. Things to consider. What a week. Another wonderful week of footy. And uh, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens as we, as we move on. But, but let's go to a little ad break now and uh, come back with fantasy and tipping winners. Hold
0: up. You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: All right, we're back from the ad. Harvey, take it away. Thank,
2: Thank you. Well, we've got lots of good fantasy and tipping news to bring you this week. Plenty of players and coaches scoring above the thousand points mark in fantasy, which is exceptional. But there was Ooh. one person who absolutely nailed it this week with a score of one thousand one hundred and thirty-eight. That's awesome! Which is just huge—a huge score, who well was above it? the rest. Uh, it was Tommy Guns, coached by Tommy D, sitting. Well done. In fifth in the overall okay. ladder for our comp, um, captaining Cameron Murray, who ended up with a score of 188 points. Wow. Had Crichton there getting 79, Dylan Brown with 81, Mitchell with 80. Four, Nico Hines was his vice captain with 89. I mean, just monster scores coming across the park. Lovely. So climbing well up the ladder, and how, going to how, be competitive.
1: How are our top of the ladder folk doing?
2: Top of the ladder. There is one person who snuck into the top 500, which is very commendable.
1: Commendable. Cooper
2: Gurman well coaching done. Joe is the GOAT, sitting at 498th in the world.
1: Whoa, just inside that top 500. Well done. Well done, Coop. Keep
2: it going. See if you can get in the top 400 now. Come That's on, Coop. The goal. The
1: podcast is behind you. Come on, Coop. <laughs>
2: um, so congratulations there. Keep it going. Only four more weeks to go. So get all the star players in, as many as you can afford get your captaincy decision right, and you might get a shout-out in the last couple of weeks. Let's go. And in the tipping comp, this is exciting. Okay. I'm not sure we've had one of these all Ooh. year. Wow. A perfect round.
1: <gasps> wow. Every
2: single tip correct, and margin, zero. bang on with zero. I don't think
1: we've had that this year. I would have remembered. Wow. It's no. <laughs> huge. Well,
2: congratulations to Bundy Bundy. Bundy Bundy. Perfect score just getting up their name now because it has escaped my notes <laughs> but a perfect score getting the margin bang on where are they Nobody sitting else do we... managed to get a perfect score
1: do we know where they're sitting in the overall ladder
2: they are sitting somewhere
1: yeah nice they are sitting somewhere
2: they are in the overall ladder they i are... am stalling to get it up <laughs> on my screen <laughs>
1: well, in the meantime um uh uh Here's, is, uh, no, I've got nothing.
2: Congratulations, Eugene Yura. Eugene Yura, well done, Eugene Yura. Sitting Bundy Bundy. Bundy Bundy. Getting eight out of eight. Sitting 17th overall, which is, you know, not too far down the ladder. Gets a lot of bonus points because obviously with the full marks, eight out of eight, they get 10 points in the ladder, which betters everybody else's score of seven. So three extra tips for them they're going to be climbing. Congratulations.
1: Congratulations. All right, let's do predictions league after this. Predictions league time, Harvey. Perfect. It's uh it's what it's what it's become the the heart and soul of this podcast. Saying things will happen and most of the time getting them wrong. It's what we've yep. become known for. It's what people Excellent. people come to us for this sort of insight, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, yes, and it's been a couple of weeks since anyone in our predictions league got a prediction right. Uh, we're,
2: we're too bold with our predictions. Is I'll, the problem? I
1: know. I'll, I'll quickly go over what went down in round twenty-one. So, as I said, every single person got their prediction wrong. Um, Tim, our ladder leader from Patreon, said the seagulls will defeat the eels by twenty plus. Did mm. not happen, unfortunately, for him and yourself, Harvey. No. Uh, you also had uh, Manly beating Eels as part of your prediction, but you also said Raiders would defeat Panthers. <laughs> wrong and wrong. Um, <sighs> Struggle street. I said David Nofalum was going to score a hat-trick in his Storm debut. He didn't score a single try. Mm. Um, Nicky from Patreon said two games will go to Golden Point, which is incredibly bold. Not a single game went to golden point. Yeah,
2: that's that's a 10 out of 10 prediction, that's, I reckon.
1: It was, it was rated 8 by the fans, so they're brutal. Yeah. They're brutal. Um, yeah. And Marina from Patreon said the Tigers would go back to back and defeat the Knights. I think that was the least bold prediction of the entire round, but as we do know, the Tigers... Play bad against bad teams, and that's right. And good against good teams, which usually means that we lose all games. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that that one for Tigers to beat the Knights was only worth one, as rated wow. by our fans. That's how yeah. that's how much. After the two weeks, Tigers, you know, essentially beating the Cowboys and then actually beating the Broncos, and then you, you know, any other team you'd think could then go and beat the Knights at home. No, nah, not the case not of happening. the Tigers. That's nah. that is what it's like. Being a Tigers fan, that's a little insight (laughs) into the painful lives that we do lead. But moving on, Harvey, we've got two more predictions to make for round 22. Uh, Let's let's hear yours first up.
2: All right. Well, I am looking at the week ahead. And apart from Penrith versus the Storm and Roosters versus the Cowboys, I think there's – Potential for blowouts, some really big scores, okay. big winning margins. And I'm going to say that across all the games, every single game, there will not be a winning margin in single figures. Across
1: Everybody's all games. Everybody's going to have
2: a double-digit double, double digit margin, including that Storm Panthers game, including the Cowboys-Rews. I'm not tipping which way they're going to go. I'm not, I'm not going to put my head yeah. on the chopping block there. I'm just saying whoever wins every game across the round, is going
1: to win by 10 points or more. Nice. I like it. Bold. Good Thanks. on you. I've got uh, my prediction also relies on results from all matches. So we won't know yep. until it's right or wrong until the end of the round. It's very simple. It's a very simple one. Four home teams to win, four away teams to win. Calling mm. it, it must be exactly four. I'm uh, not going for at least this many away teams to win. No, no. I'm saying four home teams to win, even four split. away. I'm looking at, looking at what's happening this round, and I see, I see quite a few away sides who I see getting the win, but then I think that some of the favourites are sitting on the home side. So I think there's, there's a good balance, and I think whether or not it's the games that I think will, will come off the yeah. way that they whether do. Whether it's the obvious ones or not. I think that it will even itself out eventually, four and four. Wow, good prediction. Thank you very much. Let's, let's do, see what the fans have to say. Let's, let's see what the fans have to say. <laughs> Wait, the podcast is not over just yet because it's time for Tagga Awards nominations for another week as we build up towards the, the ceremony, uh, the big moment. Uh,
2: the annual awards night. I mean, it's a huge event. Something we all look forward to. We just—it's the reason we put the podcast together—is so that we can celebrate on the red carpet. That's right. In audio format, together to celebrate the awards that you don't get at the Dally M's. I mean, we've been asking for some ideas, some um, some of the best awards to hand out. We did some last week with our Veteran of the Year, Best Out of Position Performance, Most Improved Player, and the like. And we've got four more awards that we're going to be launching this week. What
1: was the fourth one? Best family. We had best family. Best family, of course. Yes. Yep. Four more. Four more awards to just to nominate people for. This is not us saying who we who. It's not even a vote. It's just someone who we think deserves to be in contention. And we put it to you, the fans, on our Instagram. Some people think that we're putting two up and they're like, they can only vote between those two. It's actually the opposite. We want to hear who you nominate that isn't one of those two so that we can eventually have a top four. And then we can vote at the end of the season all in one big go. So let's do it, Harvey. And I think the award we'll start off with is an award. It's a new one a new award as suggested by one of our lovely fans on our Instagram story, the fan favorite coach. We didn't have a coach award last year and nah. I think that was remiss of us because the coaches make up such a huge part of the game. They are huge figureheads of each club. You, 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 know, they, you, know, you really just associate each of them with the 16 different clubs and the character that the that club uh, embodies and, and the culture And all these things, you can judge a lot about a club per season based on who is sitting in that head coach's chair. And so we've got to give him some credit. But obviously the NRL's already got coach of the year, so we don't give a shit about who's coaching the best, whatever. It's the fan favorite. It's like you know, who who's just who we who we loving? Who we loving this year? Or for whatever reason, who's peaking our interest in whatever way. Absolutely. Shall we do a little countdown and get into it?
2: All right, let's jump in there.
1: Three, two, one, Craig Dez Fitzgibbon. Hasler. Okay. You've gone with Des. Alright, okay. I I, I love Des, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm biased. <laughs> yep.
2: I, I have to acknowledge that. Yep. Um and I love Ricky too. And I I would Ricky would have been there as, mm. as my nomination for this award this year had he not um Lashed out, let's say, at one of the younger players in the competition uh, unfairly.
1: Yeah. And we do love Ricky. uh, And even, you know, even with the lashing out, I still love Ricky. And I think he provides a very uh, interesting character to the game. And he's got more personality. He shows more of his personality than most coaches do. And as fans, I'm not going to complain about that. You love to see a bit of emotion, even if it does sometimes go a bit over the edge
2: hundred percent. And uh, my, my other consideration was Todd Payton. Oh, yeah. I think he's done an excellent job. I think he's one of the coaches that have sort of freshened up and coming to that head coaching position and really sticking to his guns. I think there were lots of questions when he first took over the Cowboys about what he was doing with managing minutes, managing player positions, but he's stuck to what he believes is the best way of playing and best selections and it's worked out really well, and I think that's something to stand by. But the reason I've gone for Desi is I just love the marriage between a, a head coach and the club, mm. and it's that relationship. And I don't think there is a, a a better fit between head coach and club at the moment than Des Hasler and the Manly Sea Eagles. Obviously, Bellamy and Robinson have put together dynasties at their um, clubs at the moment. Cleary's there at Penrith. But I just, I just think Desi em- embodies the club more than anyone else. Mm. And he's a unique
1: character. Yeah, I mean, he absolutely.
2: is. He can't, you can't write that off. No,
1: nah, can't do maybe, it.
2: Maybe I just want him to win. Maybe I, think, I
1: just want him to win. I think you do. But uh, I've gone f- <laughs> I have went for Craig Fitzgibbon. Uh, it's, he's his first-time head coach. And I think he he's immediately impressed and he's immediately become that sort of guy that every fan would love to have him coaching their club, which I think is on your first year, huge impact. He's put together a great side. And the reason that he gets my fan fave is because I saw a story the other day about something to do with on game day. He like puts in like a massive workout almost as much as the players so that he's fully needing to towel off and as he as he as he's giving like, his coaching directions for the game because he feels that unless he's putting in, he hasn't earned the right to, to, to tell his team what to do. And I, yeah, just, I, I, I love that sort of kooky behaviour as a coach and putting in that, that extra effort. And it's the sort of thing that, you know, as a player, you can't, you can't not get behind a coach that's, that's doing that for you. So love that from Craig. And uh, yes, that's why he's got my vote or my nomination.
2: Yeah, good, good. Well, it'll be interesting to see what the fans have to say. Obviously, this one is a bit open-ended. Who's your favourite coach? Who do you want at your club? Give us your reason why as well and, and throw us your nominations because I think this vote could go to anyone.
1: I think so too. Let's move on to backline of the year. Uh, this is one that's come over from last year. We've, we had backline of the year. We had forward pack of the year and spine of the year. This week, we'll start with back line. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's let's go for it and say which team we think is, is just looking slick with those speedy outside backs. Three, two, one, Panthers. Roosters. Okay. All right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You've gone with the I've, Roosters. I've, I've gone with the Roosters
2: and I think it's just on the back of Manu being one of the best players in the comp this year, obviously playing in the centres. And yep. every time he touches the ball, there's a bit of magic. The emergence of Suwali on the wing. I mean, obviously, this kid had so many raps coming through, made the move um, last year, but didn't get a lot of first-team football. And now he's firmly there, you know, in their starting side. And it's clearly a rep player of the future. And obviously, Daniel Tupac playing three Origin games this year, having one of his better years at the Roosters, mm. very consistent player. Um, there was debate whether he should be in that origin side, but regardless, I don't think you can doubt his club form. Whether yep. he was the best pick, we're not going to get into that now. But I think <laughs> that they, um, yeah, they're, they're definitely outside backs are, are some of the best in the comp. And I, I actually wasn't considering Penrith. I had the Cowboys as my sort of backup pick, my my second choice, purely oh. because. Those backline players are keeping the hammer out of the starting side. That is true. If they're doing that, they must be doing pretty well. That's true. That is
1: fair. Um, I went with the Panthers. I went with the Panthers. I guess like, I don't know, similar. There must be something I like about immediate impact because I liked Craig Fitzgibbon for my coach because it's his first year. Panthers this year blooded two brand new sort of players in that back line in Talon May and Isaac Tago playing on the same side, both representing Samoa in their first year. I think that they're just special kids. And I think, like you know, you saw Momorovsky move on. uh, uh, Who else has moved on? I don't know. They've had people move on. (laughs) And So having these two new faces come into a premiership winning side, I think there was a lot to be asked. But I, I, I don't think they've missed a beat. And I think the Panthers have looked like the Panthers of 2021, if not more effective and if not better. And so for two, two you know, first year kids to come through and slot into that side so smoothly, I, I couldn't not give it to the Panthers. I'll be real. My, yeah. my my second choice was actually going to be the Broncos because I think, uh, wow. uh, you know, uh, the, the likes of Herbie Farnworth and Katoni Staggs have been two of the centers of the year yeah. this year. And then you throw in Selwyn Cobo into that mix. I think that, they've been really slick as well. But how good 100%. good to see that between the two of us, we had, there were four different teams being tossed up. That's what yeah, you Yeah,
2: another one that's up in the air because, yeah, there's lots of, yeah, oh, outside backs are standing up this year. Just good to see. Good, good to, to see. see.
1: Absolutely. Let's go on to our third category of today's episode, which is most improved team. We did most improved player last week, but, uh, yes, another one that carries over from last year, most improved team. Uh there's a few few options here. Let's not let's give all. ours. Three, two, one, the Cowboys. Cowboys. Yep. We've both gone the Cowboys. That's the first time I think we've both gone for the same one. Yep. Um uh, I, not a lot needs to be said. They're sitting in second when I think I, I personally had them in my bottom four going into this year, so they've pulled my pants down. They've made me look a <laughs> fool. And I've got to give them credit. Uh I guess we need to debate out of our second choice teams, who, who gets the nod? Who, who is your yeah. second choice?
2: My second choice was the Broncos.
1: Same. So, there we go. We've got our two. All right. <laughs> We've we
2: got go. our two. Um, the only, yeah, the, the, as you said, the, the difference between them was the Cowboys have gone from a questionable team that most people had missing the eight, to genuine premiership contenders. And yeah. I, I still believe there will be Cowboys versus Penrith in the grand final. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys got the better of them on the day. The Broncos coming in second. Obviously, they they struggled massively last year and they're still lacking a bit of consistency, but to be in that top eight and to be playing finals footy this year is a massive turnaround for them. And they've they've done it rough for a couple of years, which is very un-Brisbane-like, but they bounce back. And here they are. They're a powerhouse
1: once again. Absolutely, yeah. I think, yeah, for both those teams, it's been... Massive years, a huge year for Queensland. If I'm real, because even though the Titans are set to get a wooden spoon, the Titans have never. They still, they still don't feel like that heart, heart, blood Queensland sort of team mm. the way the Broncos and the Cowboys do. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I'm agreed. not sure how the Dolphins will feel coming in. Whether we immediately associate with them with that Queensland sort of spirit, but yeah, Queensland getting the state of origin win and. Returning to finals footy for their two their two favourite clubs, so very exciting for both those both those teams massively, massively. Let's do the final uh, category for today's nominations. Another another classic from last year. Best hair, bit of fun, Love it. bit of fun to finish us off. Um, I, yeah, I guess it's just what hair have we been enjoying watching this year? <laughs> you ready? <laughs> Three, am. two, one. Patrick Keon Kolo Matangi. Mmm, Keon Kolo Matangi. You've gone for a mullet, classic. I love the mullet. On him.
2: <laughs> I think he's got the best mullet in the game. I, I just and there's something about a um, hard hitting forward. He, he takes strong hit ups, makes strong contact. It really lets the mullet flow oh, yeah. and whip round. It's it's great to watch. Yeah, he's I don't. Not a yeah. speedster on the wing who, who has it trailing behind them. It, going all over
1: the place. That's right. I, I do love a mullet as well, and I was very close to giving my nomination to Tino for Suamala Aoi because I think, in my opinion, that's also an iconic hair haircut yep. in the NRL. But I've decided to opt for a non-mullet, and I've gone for Patrick Carrigan. He's got that sort of medium-length, just like bushy little, you know, wavy hair. And <laughs> <laughs> I feel like usually if a player's got this sort of hair, you know, you don't take them as seriously. They look a bit younger. They don't have as much gravitas in the team. But yes. there's something about Patrick Harrigan with that sort of medium shoulder length hair that really just almost gives him more of that feel of like a future captain of the Broncos. It gives him that <laughs> leadership. And in, in Queensland, it's good to see. There's, there's something about it that I just can't get enough of. And there you go. Patrick well, Harrigan has got my best hair for this year.
2: That's every reason you could possibly need for nominating them for this award. Just, just fits the bill, and it's going to be another close contest.
1: It's going to be another one. We'll see who gets nominated. to Join all these people on our Instagram at they a good game. Obviously, the place to follow. Harvey, any last, any last thoughts from you before we wrap it up?
2: No, I just enjoy your footy this weekend. We're, we're fast approaching finals, and yep. my gosh, by the time summer comes around, we'll be begging for. More footy, I know. Yes, that's right. So we, make the most. Of right
1: it. now, we beg for finals, but then when finals comes, that means the season's almost over, and then it it finishes very abruptly on you. you. You know, you get to a grand final, and then it's like, what? That's it. <laughs> anyway, we've got the rugby league world cup this year as well, so that that's a bit that's something that might Something might, to look forward to. Yeah, and for it's sure. looking as more and more players pledge their allegiance to. Non-Australian, uh, not not Australia, I guess it it actually becomes a much more exciting prospect, and some of those matchups are looking more and more exciting. Harvey, um, thanks for thanks for your time again this week.
2: Oh, thanks for your time, mate. <laughs> and until
1: <laughs> next time, bye bye.